Hello and welcome to another episode of Observe and Report. I am one of your hosts, Jason Simmons, and sitting across from me as always, Jack Smith. Hello. And this is Observe and Report. This is the show where we watch things and we tell you how we feel about them. Uh, we are now getting into like the tail end of summer here. Mm-hmm. Um, things are still coming out, mm-hmm. uh, both in theaters and at home. A lot more exclusivity in theaters these days. Uh, maybe reel it back a little bit, guys. You know, <laughs> still, still real out there. You know. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean, I saw one thing in theaters, and I saw I was very uh, HBO Max heavy. Oh, okay. In this viewing period, that I realized. Um, and all, just unintentionally, uh, they got a lot of new stuff on there hmm. that I want to see. Some of it good, some of it bad. <laughs> I was scrolling through their movies trying to find something to watch, and I got to the G's, and then I accidentally got Sausage Fingers, and I like pressed out of it mm-hmm. on my phone or whatever, and I was so overwhelmed because it's such a long list that I just said, never mind, I'm not going back. <laughs> and I went to Netflix because I couldn't deal with it. I will say, uh, for the month of August, they put a lot of... Uh, action-oriented things on mm. there. Well, I was like, oh, well, look, okay. I'm excited to watch these things. Um, but I didn't watch any of those things yet. I watched a lot of new stuff. So. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I can start off. Um, I saw something that has been much anticipated by many people, very mm-hmm. hyped over mm-hmm. the course of, uh, of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw it, it's a sequel to a film mm-hmm. I watched Space Jam oh that is not where I thought you were going <laughs> <laughs> I watched cool. Space Jam A New Legacy tell me about it I feel like I've heard a mixed things mm-hmm. how do you feel about it um I feel well one I didn't enjoy it two <laughs> <laughs> And that's and and you know there's a lot of uh, talk out there. People like, well, you didn't like because you're not like a, t- a eight year old kid. That's right, I'm not. Mm-mm. And this movie doesn't know who it wants to talk to. Oh, uh, okay. it's very unsure if it wants like to target like you know young kids or like adults who now have kids. They tried to straddle the line too much, so then it ends up missing the mark for both. Absolutely. Gotcha. Um, I think that is a very accurate way to put it. Um, yeah, it's uh, of course uh, Space Jam: A New Legacy, starring LeBron James. Uh, Don Cheadle uh, oh. as the antagonist of the film. Oh, have I ever seen Don Cheadle as a bad guy? Um, sure, you have, or maybe I've not. seen him as in like kind of an asshole mm-hmm. in House of Lies, mm-hmm. but I don't know that I've seen him as like the bad guy. I've seen him as a bad guy in uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ, uh, the movie Meteor Man from 1993, starring Robert Townsend, where he plays. Wow. Uh, like the second in command of a gang called the Golden Lords, and the Golden Lords had a blonde dyed hair, and his hair was golden blonde. It was fantastic. You just said a lot of things at me <laughs> that I never expected to hear in the same sentence, let alone the same breath. <laughs> okay, well, I will continue to never see Don Cheadle in a bad guy role. So it seems. Don Cheadle, he's very busy this year. He had that. He had that movie with uh, Benicio del Toro. Oh yeah. Um, he got nominated for an Emmy for his work on uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier for ninety eight seconds of work. Uh, what? Yeah. Even he was baffled at it. He uh, yeah, what? Yeah. He got nominated for an Emmy, like best uh, guest starring role, I believe. Are you kidding me? No. This is a real thing. 
That's he's, absurd. He is in one minute and 38 seconds. Don, I love you. <laughs> I, and I respect you, so I won't go back and watch that movie that Jason just mentioned. <laughs> but that's ridiculous. Even he posted a Twitter like, I am also baffled. <laughs> <laughs> so he gets it. Um, and also doing like a new season of like uh, Black Monday as well. I still need to watch that. <sighs> Excellent show. I will talk about that a little bit later on. Nice. Um, but yeah, Space Jam. Um, yeah, starring Don Cheadle, Cedric Joe uh, as uh, LeBron James's son, mm-hmm. and Sonequa Martin-Green, as well as various others oh, I love her. pop up. Uh, she plays LeBron's wife. Oh, nice. Um, and various other NBA stars um, that pop up as well, um, like Draymond Green mm-hmm. and whatnot, who pop up as uh, antagonists That's in the cool. film. That's cool. That's fun. Um, but it is a very distracting film, and, and <laughs> it's distracting. It's also distracted. Okay. Like. Like I said, it doesn't know who it wants to focus on, like, younger kids or, like, an older audience. Um, like, for instance, this is, like, the H- – the ad- this movie is an advertisement for HBO Max. Oh. Like, it shows – we're going to look go look at Game of Thrones characters who are in the background of this game. And also, there's a Scooby gang. That's gross. And it's, like, weird things. It's, like, okay, Mr. Freeze is, like, next to Don Cheadle, but it's not Arnold Schwarzenegger, Mr. Freeze. It's a guy dressed up like Arnold Schwarzenegger in the Batman and Robin movie. Uh, it's very, very weird. It's like, hey, there's Danny DeVito Penguin, but it's not Danny DeVito. It's like some dude dressed as Danny DeVito as the Penguin. Hard pass. It's super weird and distracting in that sense of just like all this like IP being thrown at you all the time. Yeah. And it's like you, you find yourself gazing into the crowd and not really paying attention to the movie sometimes. Mm. Um, yeah, like it... Uh, it has this big video game element in the game itself where LeBron's son is like the basic premise of the movie is LeBron gets sucked into the server verse, mm-hmm. the WB server verse, and he has to uh, play his son in a game of uh, basketball, mm-hmm. being aided by the Warner Brothers cartoons, Looney Tunes, uh, against his son's basketball creations. Okay. And to what end? To the end that uh, LeBron wants his son to go to basketball camp, but his son wants to go to video game camp, and Don Cheadle video game camp, video game you know development camp. Um, Wait, where you're learning to program video Yeah, you're learning to program video oh, games. Oh, I thought it's literally just a bunch of kids in a room just playing, playing video, video games. You're obviously like, on LeBron's side. In that <laughs> sounds like I could do that in my living room, and it's a lot cheaper. Okay, cute. And this kind of generational battle of, like, you know, this is the thing I want you to do, but that's not the thing I want to do, even though I'm good at it. Listen, kid, I've been there. <laughs> and you know what? You end up riding your bike across town in the middle of the goddamn summer to go to some freaking photography thing <laughs> class put on by a tired old lady at the Parks and Rec. And sometimes you have fun doing that, right? Mm-hmm. Question mark? <laughs> we use little disposable cameras to go out and take pictures of flowers up close. But think of the memories you have trapped forever <laughs> on film. <laughs> Team child. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, that being said, there are parts of it that are fun and mm-hmm. enjoyable. Um, the portions where LeBron is animated, it's like, I wish this was the movie. Like, the animated man, like the classic Warner Brothers cartoon cool, style. Fun. And it's like, he's there hanging out with all the Looney Tunes. It's like, this Love works. It. Like, I, I like how this feels. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the voice acting is fine. Like, you know, there are, there are consistent jokes when that's happening. And then when we switch to like the live action, it's like this is uncomfortable. This isn't oh, as no. fun anymore. Yeah. Um, when we th- th- there are some funny jokes throughout. Mm-hmm. They're not consistent, but mm-hmm. they're there. 
Um, there is a cameo um, by Michael Jordan, but not the Michael Jordan you think. Um, <laughs> Michael B. Michael B. Oh. Um, it is actually the funniest. Scene I don't know movie. which one I want to see more. I got excited for Michael Jordan, <laughs> but then oof. Okay. Spoilers, I guess, if you're trying to watch I'm never Space Jam. Watch this movie, yeah. But um, the best part of the movie for me was uh, at halftime. They're down at the half, of course. Uh, the Looney Tunes and LeBron. Mm-hmm. And at halftime, Sylvester comes back like, guys, I got him. All right. Michael Jordan. And they start playing like, you know, the entrance music, you know, like uh, the, the, of the Bulls. Mm-hmm. And you see the Jordans on the feet. And it's like they pan up and it's like Michael B. Jordan, like eating popcorn, just like, hey, guys, I'm, you know, you guys are doing a great job out there. You know, um, I'm just I'm, this cat came and got me. I just in the crowd. I love it. <laughs> but anyway, guys, uh, you know, clear heart, clear eyes, full hearts. <laughs> Can't lose. All right. Go out there. And get them. Oh, that's fun. It was rather enjoyable. I think the only reason that happened was because Ryan Coogler's brother is a writer on the movie. No way. <laughs> and of course, Coogler and uh, Jordan are very close friends. So Love I think it. that's how that works. That's hilarious. <laughs> I could see my, Michael B. Jordan seems like a good sport. I feel like he'd do oh, that anyways. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think he would do that anyways. It's the only reason the B isn't Michael B. Jordan's name. Because <laughs> Michael Jordan got a SAG card for being in Space Jam. Oh my god, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, but otherwise, yeah, it's if, watch it with your kids if you got kids, I guess. But otherwise, mm. totally a skippable event. I kind of would like to see it just because I haven't watched Looney Tunes in a very long time, and I enjoyed it as a kid. It's always such an interesting thing with Looney Tunes. It's like every 10 years are rolling back out of just like, they're relevant, right? And it's like, are they? Uh, they're enjoyable, but they're, ne- they're never put in a package where they kind of get to shine on their own. Mm. Um, they had a, an animated series from about like five or six years ago. Which was like putting them in contemporary situations. Oh. But it didn't last very long. It lasted mm. about like a season or so. Yeah. That's about it. Um, did you enjoy the first Space Jam movie? I, I mean, every kid enjoyed the first Space Jam movie. When you look at it with adult eyes, it's like, this is very thin as far as the plot <laughs> or as far as like, you know, the, the quality of this movie. But it was a spectacle. It was like. I've stoked for it. Yeah. Like, music okay. Music was great. Like, the biggest sports icon of all time mm-hmm. is like in this movie with like, you know, beloved cartoon characters. I'm nine. Being silly. Yeah. Being silly. Having fun. Like, and also an amazing soundtrack. <laughs> and like a combo of animation and live action that we hadn't seen since Roger Rabbit. Yeah. And Roger Rabbit was a little too adult for me, and I it scared me. That's um, fair. So, because they run over a man, Jason, and so, he gets flattened. The whole movie's about a murder that happened. It really bothered me when I was little. Um, so it was exciting to get to see one that was safe for my little baby eyeballs. Mm-hmm. And also a credit to the actors in both the original Space Jam and this mm-hmm. Space Jam. Remember, they're acting against people that aren't there and yeah. things that are not actually there. Like, you have to play the thing that you are world known for, you know, basketball, mm. against, you know, people in green suits <laughs> while you're trying to act. How was LeBron? Uh, he was fine. Yeah. Uh, you know, not his best acting work. Mm-hmm. But again, as I noted, like, there are tons of challenges to yeah. working in that environment if you've never worked in that environment before. Fair. So I think that he was fine. You know, if you like LeBron, you'll like this. If you don't like LeBron, you'll find another thing to hate about him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I like LeBron, so I have no yeah. real issue with him. Cool. Um, but yeah, that was that was Space Jam. Um, I thought you were going to bring up <laughs> Suicide Squad. <laughs> and I was like, uh-huh, uh-huh. And then you pulled a left turn on me. You really got me, Jason. 
I guess I guess I did build up to a suicide squad there. Um, but I also saw that. So go on. Um, I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went in with very little, very few expectations. Um, I had hope because of James Gunn. Um, and big old spoiler alert for the Suicide Squad. Skip ahead a couple minutes. <laughs> he pulled a fast one, Jason. When in what way? Because the people, I so I didn't um, like research stuff on the internet before watching it, mm-hmm. and like the poster and people doing press, they're all like Flew Laborg and mm-hmm. Pete Davidson and blah blah blah. But those ain't the main characters, oh. Jason. <laughs> Not at all. Um, so that was a fun twist that I didn't know about. Mm-hmm. Um, again, Pete Davidson seems like a perfectly fine human being. Mm-hmm. Sure. What, <laughs> what, I, like, I don't know the guy. He's been through a lot. Mm-hmm. He's young. You know what? Go forth and Godspeed, young mm-hmm. man. Um, but... Uh, Seeing him get shot in the face was oddly satisfying. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like they were banking on like people's opinions of him sometimes. But yeah. I think for me, what was interesting, like you saw that as like a swerve, like, you know. Yeah, because I, I didn't know anything. I, I try not to. I'll these days, because they're always putting out trailers and people write about stuff before it comes out. So mm-hmm. I will watch one the whatever the first trailer is i will watch a trailer for a movie and then i won't watch the other trailers i won't read about it i don't delve into it at all so Mm -hmm. it's a pretty new and surprising experience for me Mm -hmm. so it was a and i don't know anything about the comics or anything Mm -hmm. so it was a big old swerve okay i was like oh shit (laughs) <laughs> okay, here we go. Like, for me, just from the name of the movie, it's like, you guys fulfill the suicide part of this. Like, people are going to get popped off in this Jason, movie. Jason, <laughs> it never occurred to me. <laughs> <laughs> like, for me, it was like, for me, it was a pleasant surprise. Like, huh, well, there still can be surprises yeah, in movies. I, I, I enjoyed it in that um, it was unexpected. And I think it can be difficult to surprise people these days. So mm-hmm. that was great. Um, it was funny. It was fun. Um, uh, yeah, I find Margot Robbie to be delightful. I liked her dress very much. Like, yeah, it was very enjoyable. Um, yeah, I thought it was a lot of fun. It was fun. I thought like it had a fun to it that the first movie did not, for sure. Agreed. The tone was entirely different. Yeah, the, the tone of the first one was just like mm. very dour and like a little all over the place sometimes. Like, yeah, it would whiplash from like funny to just like why is this unnecessarily to, like, like Batman level sadness? Yeah, <laughs> like why is this like so graphic and grim all of a sudden? Yeah. Well, this is like just kind of a gory action comedy. Yeah. <laughs> um, I thought. You know, other characters got to shine in this where they didn't uh, previously, like uh, uh, Joel Kinnaman mm-hmm. um, as Rick Flag. Like he got to be a lot more fun in yes. this. He got to have so much not not put upon as mm-hmm. much, and they didn't make him work out. I mean, he's still in amazing shape, but they didn't make him work out quite as much, which I was happy for him. Mm-hmm. Everyone seemed a little more relaxed. Like John Cena was great as he's Peacemaker. So funny, yeah. Like he was very funny. Like this is like probably like. To me, as far as what I've seen, I did not see uh, Fast 9 yet. Mm. But to me, this feels like his biggest role yet, like his meatiest role. And he seems very comfortable in it. Mm-hmm. And like, it was my favorite thing that I've seen him in yeah. so far. 
like uh, Idris Elba secretly like one of the leads of this movie. Like, yeah. <laughs> like he was very enjoyable as Bloodsport. Yeah. He was great. Um, and Margot Robbie, this really is like you know her goddamn character. Mm-hmm. Like she's done it three times now, um, and she's excellent. You know, and and someone else could that character could be very annoying. If oh, you've yeah. got the wrong actor with the wrong tone or whatever, you just be like, get her the fuck out of here. Mm-hmm. But she makes her like so likable and funny and just delightful. And the character really has evolved over yeah. like these three movies, uh Suicide Squad, Bird of, Birds of Prey, mm-hmm. and now this and it's just like I want to I'm glad that she has been doing this character as many times as uh Ben Affleck as Batman in these mm-hmm. movies and as many times as Henry Cavill as Superman. Mm-hmm. Like she is tied with them insofar as portraying this character multiple times and like you know these big screen events so yeah like it's great to see her do this she steals the show every time she's on the screen oh yeah she really does (laughs) um i liked the kind of more i don't know what you call them more imaginative more kind of abstract parts like when she's shooting guns after she gets free and there's just flowers coming up behind her apparently was just fucking fun and cool looking like it's a it's a 3d film apparently oh and like I totally watch it in three days. Totally slipped my mind and just something I don't even think of anymore. Yeah. But um, because, you know, it was such a big thing like eight to ten years ago mm. and really isn't as much now. So I was surprised to like see them like have those elements in there. But the movie is like very colorful yes, and rife with those which moments. I um, David Dastalmachian as the, the polka dot man. Mm. Um, very enjoyable um, to see that character. and I would have liked to have seen a little bit more from his character because mm-hmm. I liked him and it was interesting. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he was great. Yeah, like uh, his trauma <laughs> that yeah. he, like, constantly pops up of seeing his mother that <laughs> made him a superpowered person mm. and him like working through that. <laughs> that is such an interesting story that I would watch a movie about that. Yeah, I want to see like, you know, the 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 backup story to that. The behind the music. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I think they they really got some great performances out of this cast. Um, it was very fun, and you know James Gunn did his thing that he does. You know, able to do an ensemble movie mm. um, and make it very fun and enjoyable. I agree. Yeah, um, and this is one of the things I was looking forward to probably the most <laughs> this too. summer as far as movies. Yeah, I was like, oh right, that Suicide Squad movie comes out, and it delivered. I think it delivered on its promise of being a fun time. I agree. <laughs> what else you got? Um, what else do I have? Um, I watched on Netflix um, the new series Masters of the Universe Revelation. Um, yes, written by uh, Kevin Smith as like the, the executive producer mm-hmm. uh, and starring the voices of Mark Hamill, uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar, uh, Griffin Newman, uh, Lena Headey, uh, Liam Cunningham. Uh, it is a follow-up for the 1980s He-Man cartoon. Oh. Um, set in like, you know, uh, the the times of, of the He-Man cartoon, but it is considerably more uh, adult and grown up, not as being gross, but just like, oh, we're dealing with like, you know, themes of like loss and death. Mm. Like in the original 80s cartoon, like, you know, these characters fought each other for hundreds of episodes in what was basically a glorified toy cartoon mm-hmm. um, with no characters ever dying, no one ever like suffering any kind of real loss. Mm. It's just like, you know, you're smashing toys together basically for 22 minutes. And in this, it's like, okay, so He-Man dies in the first episode. <laughs> um, and so does Skeletor. Your two main vi- uh, hero and, and villain are done. <laughs> Did they put full pants on He-Man or is he still in his skivvies? He's still got the loincloth thing going on there. Nice. <laughs> 
even as a small child, my brother was really into He-Man. Mm-hmm. I just remember being like, why is he only in his underwear? <laughs> and just went along with it. Um, yeah, like, uh, all, all the characters get, like, a little bit of an update um, post the first episode as far as, like, the costumes and designs. Um, the show is very much focused on uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar, at least for the first part of the show, at least for the first season, it seems mm. like. Um, it's only six episodes long, I believe. Um, each episode about 25 minutes or so. Um, there was a huge uproar on the internet um, from fans of like the original series and just lighting up those boards and whatnot. Lighting up boards, tweeting little hearts out, or just being mad at like, you got a man in the first episode. This is a show about Tila, who is like, you know, Sarah Michelle Geller's character. Mm. And ultimately, it's like, the defense was like, this is this is a show greenlit by Mattel. You think they kill He-Man? Like, they're trying to sell toys of He-Man here. Mm. Like, just wait, everybody. Like, you'll get the thing you want. We're, we're telling the story. Do they still make He-Man toys? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, um, I didn't know that. They are making new toys along with this line, and they're also reproducing, like, the classic toys oh. from the 1980s. Like, yeah, toys never die. <laughs> Especially the ones that are, like, that made a lot of money. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it is all the controversy side. It's very enjoyable. It's very fun. So much controversy, Jason. <laughs> oh man! Despite the little internet controversy that's happening, just around the water cooler, guys. Have man. They killed him. It's just a bunch of thirty-five-year-olds. <laughs> that is what it is. Basically. A bunch of thirty-five-year-old men who are upset about you know their toys dying. <laughs> Um, but that aside, it's a uh, it's a fun time. It's a very fun time. Um, I'm I'm looking forward to the next installment, which I believe is coming in like January. Nice. So yeah, um, it's on Netflix and worth a watch. Good deal. Yeah. What else have you been watching? What else? Um, I finished a couple of things. Okay. I finished your favorite show. My favorite show. Uh-huh. The Mysterious Benedict Society. <laughs> Which is on uh, Disney Plus, by the way. And that's not on Netflix. Oh, did I say Netflix? Yeah. Last time? I'm sorry. I was looking for like, where the hell is this show? And oh, then I turned on sorry. Disney Plus like, oh, okay, Disney here it is. Plus. Um, <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because on Friday nights, I would flip, I would watch that, and then I'd watch The Bad Batch. <laughs> <laughs> um it's uh i think it ended up being eight or ten episodes um there was a little twist to it that was exciting there's definitely i imagine they're going to do a second season okay i think it probably did relatively well um i don't actually know haven't hit those boards haven't (laughs) checked it out um but it was really cute and sweet and uh funny and I generally enjoyed it. It's a, I don't even know, I'm sure I explained it last time, but um, about this group of kids who are um, uh, tracked down by Tony Hale's char- character, uh, Mr. Benedict, to infiltrate uh, this school, this weird school, where um, the signal for this thing called the emergency is being sent out, and they need to stop it because mm-hmm. it's, Ruining people's minds, and it just stands in for all the crappy messages that are sent out and misinformation that's sent out into the world. In general, through the internet, through social media, yes. politics, television, etc., mm-hmm. etc. Et Heavy-handed, yes. On the nose, yes. <laughs> but uh, a good message of 
thinking for yourself and being uh, intellectually curious and a critical thinker. And it's got a target audience where that message yeah. needs to be heavy-handed for, I think. Yeah, it's good. That's cool. Sweet. How many episodes is it overall? I think eight or ten. Eight or ten? Okay, that's fine for, like, you know, a first season run. Mm-hmm. It's a solid arc. The kids are great. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a handsome, burly man on it. Handsome, burly man? Tony Hale? Who's the handsome, burly man? No. Hold, please. <laughs> this is important. Um, I was like, I would not define Tony Hale as burly at all. He's not. <laughs> this other character is. His name is Ryan Hurst. Okay. And um, he is a big, burly guy. He's like six feet tall, and they dress oh, him like okay. yeah. They dress him like the brawny man. I'm really into it. He is absolutely the brawny man. He is on. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he was on Sons of Anarchy um, as one of the most beloved characters on that show. Well, he's beloved to me all the because <laughs> he also very much cares about the kids. Mm-hmm. I'm a little bit in love with that. No, that's sweet. I, I do like that actor a lot. I haven't seen him in much since Sons of Anarchy, so I'm cool with it. It's cool that he's in something like this. He His character uh, has amnesia and can't remember really his backstory. Hmm. Do we find out, Jason? Uh, yes, we know. I was going to say, I thought this was like a cliffhanger into like the next season or something like that. There is there's not a cliffhanger, but uh, not everything is wrapped up, so they okay. can easily slip into the next season. Okay, something about this feels like this is a family-friendly... Uh, yeah, totally. Gosh, what the hell is the name of the show on Netflix? Why can't I remember it? Uh, Umbrella Academy is what it feels like. Um, yes. Okay. I could see that. There's not really superpowers, but it's people working together. Mm-hmm. It's uh, people making f- their own families, kind of, mm-hmm. and it's very sweet. And not dysfunctional. And... Uh, correct. Oh, I mean, there's got to be some discorders for something to progress, right? But there's some adventure. Is it for children? Yes. Will I be there for season two, Jason? I guess I will. Yeah, that's totally. Can't wait. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I will. I will check out an episode. It's cute. Checking out. Yeah, and it's very colorful. Mm -hmm. It's fun. I uh, watched a show that is the total opposite. Uh, of that, I watched a reality show, which is something that I usually don't do. Ooh, yeah, no. A reality show called uh, F Boy Island. Uh, oh, Jason. On HBO Max. This is not what I expected no. from you, my friend. <laughs> I'm always changing it up, all right? <laughs> always flipping tables, all right? Kicking out the back doors of vans and jumping out of them, <laughs> all right? Real wild card energy I'm throwing out here. You're a television vigilante. <laughs> I'm doing the things to keep you safe out here, all right? And I watched F-Boy Island, and I enjoyed it. <laughs> all right? It is fun, trash TV. Okay. It wears it on its sleeve. It knows exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. It's from one of the creators of The Bachelor, of oh, course. Boy. Okay. Uh, the basic premise is three hot single ladies choosing from 24 men. Uh, some of them are nice guys. Some of them are F-Boys. Mm. And they have to suss out, who's an F-Boy? Who's a nice guy? Who am I going to date? All right, the F boys, they're in it to win one hundred thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. All right, and the good guys, they're just in it for a relationship. All right, boo. <laughs> and let me tell you, do the rules change all the time? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Are the rules not clear? 
Yes. Cool. They are not clear. I'd be like, uh, step aside, other two ladies. I'm just going to have to sleep with all of them to figure it out. That could happen. All right? There's nothing against that happening. This is science. <laughs> Everything. Step aside. Keeps changing. I will take this hit for science. Uh, the host of the show is Nikki Glazer. Oh, ugh. <laughs> I'm not a fan. I knew you'd feel that way. Sorry. Um, How is she as a host, though? She's fun as a host. Oh, nice. She's fun as a host. Okay. Um, yeah, like she's peppering in jokes where she needs to and just like kind of helping to move things along. She seems like a totally fine person. I'm just not into her comedy. So, like, but I could see liking her as a host. This show is like right up her alley. Totally. Like, totally like her style and energy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like it's so things that happen on the show. Let's say at the end of each episode, they have to send like you know someone away, mm. and when they send someone away, they determine like they have the person has to reveal what they were like. Oh, so what were you? Oh, I was a good guy, and they get to go to the the good guy house where they get to hang out and make drinks all day and, and hang, just hang with their bros and hang with the bros and the with other, other good guys, sweet boys, but other sweet boys. Oh, and if they were to discover that they were an f boy, they get like kicked off the show. They go to a place called Limbro. They go to the dump. <laughs> It is basically a fort on the sand um, with, like, one bed. Um, <laughs> but, like... Weights made out of, like, coconuts. <laughs> <laughs> and the first guy that goes there, I just want to see a show of him. Uh, like, it is it is hilarious. Like, he finds a vest, like a, t- like a fishing vest. Mm-hmm. Like, he makes, like, a, a head tie out of, like, his T-shirt. <laughs> And it just feels like he's having the best time. Like, this is kind of great. Like, oh, man, I had a bed and a fort. Ah, you know what? I came here to, to bang a lady, but I think I found myself. <laughs> you went through a real journey. There's and as other boys. F boys, if they know who they are, and they're not leading anyone astray. Yeah. And, like, when the other guy shows, show up, he's like, oh, boy, new friends. Okay, so these are my weights. <laughs> um, this is my bed. Um, I made a pillow out of hay. Uh, <laughs> It's very fun to see him like light up. That's um, hilarious. And they situated the nice boy house across from uh, the Limbro Fort, mm. so that the the nice boys can look down on them and sip drinks while the boys in Limbro are just like, can we have some? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it is trashy, absolutely, and enjoyable. It's a lot of fun. I have questions. Okay. Um, what are are they twenty somethings? I'm assuming absolutely. So okay. the age range, I believe, is twenty two to thirty seven. Oh wow, that's quite a range. Yeah. How old are the ladies? Uh, the ladies are all in their mid twenties. Okay. Um, where are they actually? I presume they're not actually on an island. So they are an island. They did. They what? filmed this on Grand Cayman. In, oh shit. Uh, in March of 2021 of this year. Oh. Yeah. That seems uh, irresponsible. I was reading up on this. I did the research. Um, <laughs> apparently, they made everyone come and test and quarantine two weeks beforehand before okay. being allowed to participate gotcha. on the show. Interesting. Interesting. Um, you said there's how many guys? 24 guys. That's a lot. The ratio is crazy. <laughs> are we are we pretty diverse between both the ladies and the men? It's pretty diverse. Um, yeah, like the, the the racial makeup is quite diverse, I would say. Okay, nice. And I feel that's intentional. Mm-hmm. Um, but because there's so many guys, you don't get to know some of the guys. Yeah. It's just like, oh, that guy just was here and gone. Like, mm. oh, I don't know what his personality was like. He seemed nice. Like, oh, that's quite surprising, but okay. <laughs> like, it's uh, because there are so many guys, the first like three or four episodes just feels like, I don't know who any of these dudes are that are getting kicked off. Mm. Um, but of course, you know, the cream rises to the top. <laughs> 
<laughs> How many episodes were there? Um, it is still ongoing. Oh. The last uh, four, there'll be 12 episodes overall. So they're getting rid of a couple guys each episode. Oh, yeah. They're not going to. And because the rules change at the drop of a hat or as Nikki Glazer feels. Oh. <laughs> Sometimes it'll be like, this episode, six people are leaving. <laughs> this episode, no one leaves. But you have to reveal your status. <laughs> like, well, okay. <laughs> uh, interesting. Yeah. Um, so are there challenges? Like, how are we there deciding There are no things? challenges. So, like, there are just events. So it's like, you guys have to do a photo shoot with your, uh, the girl that you're choosing to date. So of the three girls, like the mm-hmm. 24 guys, you know, like, you, they have to, like, kind of angle themselves. Generally, it seems relatively monogamous in the sense that they're not trying, one guy isn't trying to, like, go after two girls. It's just like, no, this oh, is the girl I'm going after. Okay. Um, it seems that like you can absolutely do that if you wanted to, mm. but it just seems very much that the show shook out that okay. the guys are interested in just generally one girl. Gotcha. Um, they have to take time to do dates and whatnot, but a Cute. guy can interrupt a date at any time he oh, chooses. Oh, shit. So that, you know, shakes things up a bit. Okay. Um, there was one episode where the girls had to make a, a group dance with, like, four or five guys that they're That's choosing. That's weird. Okay. Um, you know, um, F-boys are being, like, just sussed out by just... Slip-ups that they make. One guy said, like, oh, yeah, so, you know, this girl is dating back home. You have a girlfriend back home? And they, like, made him do a Zoom call and made her just be like, so, are you guys dating? Like, no, we're not dating. And it made it seem like they're in this together for the money. Oh. It's a dumb, weird soap opera. <laughs> this is, sounds like they are just freestyling out here. Like, it's the, the rules are loose, to mm. say the least. Okay. Um, so they're just, like, doing activities. They're doing activities. It's okay. not so much like, you know, you have to, like, do a race or, like, yeah. you know, do some weird Rube Goldberg machine to, like, <laughs> so, progress. So there are three ladies. Mm-hmm. So they presumably they're each trying to find a boyfriend? Yes, a, a boyfriend or a partner or okay. a relationship. Um, they're supposedly in it for the right reasons. Okay. But I must say, one of them really feels like an F girl. Uh, <laughs> Listen, we're out here, you know. Like, um, yeah, I, I absolutely. Apparently, according to the internet, it's the highest-rated uh, reality show. Uh, not highest-rated, excuse me. The most watched reality show on mm. HBO Max on the platform right now. Not that they have a huge. I was gonna array. say there's like what four, <laughs> like four or six, but okay. like insofar as like since they debuted, mm. the one that most people are watching. Okay, and it's weird, like. It's on HBO. They can curse, but there's like consistently they just use the term F boy as if it's like trademarked or something like that. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, another question. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, what if, like, they're at the end, there are three guys left. What if, like, two of them are F boys? Do they each get a th- 100 grand or do they have to split it? So, where I am now, all statuses have been revealed. Oh. The cards are on the table. Why would you do that? That's the thing. That seems like, to take away from the whole point of the show. But that's the thing. Because like, we're so deep now that the girl's like, I don't care if he's an F-boy. <gasps> I can change him. Oh, no. <laughs> and some of the F-boys are like, I'm not an F-boy. I'm an F-boy no longer. <laughs> <laughs> I've hung up the puka shells. <laughs> I, <laughs> I've taken off the Axe body spray. <laughs> I am about relationships. 
Sadly, the tribal tattoo remains, <laughs> but I'll cover it up with sleeves. I now wear sleeves. <laughs> yes, precisely. Okay. So that's wow. like where the show Or goes. are they just saying that? Exactly. You don't know. You don't know. Because then if you're an F boy, but you say now that you're a nice boy, but at the end you're just like, JK, I'm still an F boy because mm-hmm. you came down to the top three. Do you get the hundred grand, or because you said that you changed, now you don't? Unknown. I mean, this is what I'm going to find out in the last four Jason, episodes. Jason, let me know how it goes. They, they release them in chunks, you know, four episodes every Friday. Oh, that's weird. It is a little odd. Uh, it feels like you got another season filming right now, because that's what it feels like. Oh, I'm sure they do. Um, yeah, it's... Uh, everyone on the show is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, the professions are all over the goddamn place. Mm. It's like, this person's an influencer. Oh, what does that no. mean? Like, this person is a stylist. Okay. You, if you say you're an influencer, you better have one of those check marks next to your name. <laughs> Otherwise, no, you just sit on Instagram too much. Like one guy's a Bitcoin investor. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's like that's an f boy profession. <laughs> oh boy, oh boy. So it's it's all over the place. Some there's like two exotic dancers on there. It's like it's everywhere. Oh, two male, two male exotic dancers. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it's all over the place insofar as I'm not hearing like doctor very much. Oh no! Like the most <laughs> normal job someone had is like I'm an IT recruiter. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, that's a real job. Okay, I, I can I can apply for that job. That's bonkers. <laughs> I feel like the way you're describing it is much more fun than what the show actually yeah. is. So. Much like horror movies, <laughs> I will only have you describe this to me so I can enjoy it. We will talk about it in the next episode. I, I plan to wait. wrap up these uh, these final four. Oh my god! And I'm I can't wait. Actually, quite excited. Just <laughs> <laughs> something I never thought I'd say about F Boy Island. I'm stoked. Yeah, can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> what else have you been watching? Um, I finished up uh, what we do in the shadows. Oh, on, on FX? Mm-hmm. I watched seasons one and two. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so goddamn funny. And it actually, um, I like that there's actually a plot. There's actually character arcs. Yes. yes and yes, yes. it actually ends up becoming the second season. It actually becomes Guillermo's journey. Yes. Yes, And like does. how, what he's dealing with and him kind of. Coming of age, almost. <laughs> <laughs> but like he's already an adult man. Um, but he has such a true big little face. He kind of looks like a little baby. Um, so I, it like it doesn't shift focus entirely, but they write in this plot line of him being related to Van Helsing. That is an excellent. That is so fucking uh, funny. And he just keeps accidentally killing like vampires. Efficiently yes. killing vampires by accident. <laughs> and then having to like, they do with a montage of him like killing a bunch of them in the background all the time where, <laughs> where, while the rest of the vampires that he lives with are just not paying attention. Like protecting them from like vampires yeah. that are trying to They're kill trying them. They're trying to kill them. It's just, it's so, it has become one of my favorite shows of all time. It I is absolutely love it. Uh, the third season coming is coming out, I think, in September? Oh, excellent. Yeah. I'm very happy. I'm going to get delayed by COVID like everything did. Yeah. Um, but I just, I love the twist that actually ends up becoming about Guillermo. Um, and then I like the season finale of season two really leads up to this big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to spoil it because I need people to watch it. It was so, so good. 
Um, I like that you could see that they were like, oh, this dude who plays Guillermo is amazing. Yeah, This character is beloved. We need to do more with him. Uh, And they did, and it's great. I I love that every character gets like like almost two or three episodes focused on them in a season. Um, I God, I forget the name that uh, that the most British of them. Uh, oh yeah, takes on um, Jamie Daytona or something like that. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when he becomes a regular guy in Pennsylvania that owns a yes. bar. Like, okay, yeah. What if a vampire tried to just be a regular person and like a woman slowly is falling in love with him? <laughs> it's so good, and he is so obviously not a normal person. Yeah, he keeps his British accent completely. <laughs> like, there's nothing changes ex- changes except for his clothing a little bit. Yes, like he wears a cowboy hat, and he gets really invested in their volleyball. <laughs> the women's volleyball team. <laughs> the best coach they ever had. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's so funny. Um, I just realized I didn't, I never explained. The plot of it is um, it focuses on these three vampires and their, uh, one of their familiars um, who all live in Staten Island. Um, and it's kind of their day to day as they, they're not really actively trying to take over the vampire ship of yes. Staten Island, but um, it's just kind of the little, um, it's kind of uh, almost like a monster of the week type show of like, there's a thing happening each week, but there's also the um, thing arching, overarching um, storyline of kind of just Guillermo's storyline mm-hmm. in the background of him trying to become a vampire. Um and it's just hilarious. It really is. I like, really love it. I'm glad you finished it. Yeah. Like, and I'm very happy to hear that uh, season three is going to premiere yes. really soon, like in I'm another month. so excited. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. What we do in the shadows on HatFX, and you watch it on, you watch it on Hulu? Mm-hmm. Okay. Great, great, great. Um, I watched something mm-hmm. in theaters. Um, that was not oh no good oh no oh man like it's 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 worth watching but at the same time you should absolutely wait for this to come to whatever streaming service it will come to I'm on the edge of my seat I saw M Night Shyamalan's old oh no it's about the beach that makes you old <laughs> I mean it does to all of us because that sun is not helping our skin <laughs> but do tell. Oh boy, um, where to begin? So, the story of Old is about a family uh, that goes to a resort, uh, presumably in Hawaii, on mm-hmm. vacation. Maybe it's in Mexico. It's very unclear as to where they are. It's a tropical place, essentially. Okay. Um, they go to this island, uh, and seemingly, we learn in the very first minutes that, like, you know, this family is like kind of falling apart. Okay. We understand. They that always are, Jason. It's bound to happen at some point, I guess. But. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, the uh, parents, uh, played by Gail Garcia Bernal mm. um, and uh, Vicky Kreps, um, are breaking up, it seems. Uh, or we understand there's some kind of tension there. We don't know exactly what it is, okay. but it seems that they're going to be separating very soon. Gotcha. This is a last-ditch effort. Yeah, not even a last-ditch effort. Just a last hurrah. A last hurrah, for okay. sure. Like We're going to take the kids on one last vacation together as a family mm. before we split up. Do the kids don't know? The kids don't know, but okay. seemingly like... We know that the, the mother's a little ill, and okay. we're not sure if that plays into it or not. Okay. Um, but as we progress, you know, we are introduced to several characters. It's very uh, Agatha Christie. Aha! Um, you know, the kids are running around. It's a very simple device. It's like, okay, this is cute, but also lame. <laughs> <laughs> um, where uh, 
the son of Gael Garcia Bernal and like you know a boy that's at the hotel mm-hmm. that is the son of like the, the hotel manager mm-hmm. or the nephew of the hotel manager they're running around the little boys are like you know both six years old cute just like asking like what's your profession what do you do like oh well I'm a police officer and like you know I work in this place like okay cool like like my my name is Gabriel and I'm six hmm. and like they run around to the next person what do you do like oh I'm a therapist like it's oh all, that's it's so real, annoying like lame it's establishing like what people do yeah. so that you know it can create conflict or resolution don't use these children on. for your exposition it is a lame exposition tool that happens <laughs> um, but regardless um, the we all, the different players we've uh, all identified here at the resort uh, wind up on this secret beach together because the hotel manager sees them. He's like, you know what? It seems like you're, you guys are so great. You know, like, you know, look like you're having a, a, a fun time. I want to do something cool for you. I'm going to tell you about a secret beach, all right? <sighs> like, just go down to this path. You know, I'll have someone pick you guys up in the morning and you'll be able to go. And, you know, they go and, like, uh, two other families uh, wind up going down to the beach as well. Um, and they're all there, you know, seemingly like, oh, this seems kind of Was nice. this motherfucker evil? Well, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. And up shows uh, on the beach is... I'm just going to make you tell me the whole movie right now. <laughs> I hope you realize that. Listener, buckle in because so, I want the whole thing. So they go down to the beach and there's a man uh, seemingly there like just sullen alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and the daughter looks at this man and tells her dad, like, oh my God, that's... His name is Midsize Sedan. What? He's a rapper oh. in this movie this man and the rapper name they chose for him was mid-sized sedan this is terrible writing (laughs) and the terrible thing to name a character like of all the names you could have chosen i i'm there are no words it's like a lame it feels disrespectful it's like a lame 70 year old person who's never listened to rap is deciding to like what would I name a rapper? Was this written by Toyota? It was written by M. Night Shyamalan. The fuck? <laughs> I... Oh. This is like... And also, side note, this is like the first movie he's made in like decades that has not been set in Philadelphia. Oh, God. Gail Garcia Bernal. And look at what happened. <laughs> Gail Garcia Bernal, like one of the most Mexican men ever, is supposed to be from Philadelphia. Oh. <laughs> well, I can't... Why? That's like that's just an unne- seems unnecessary to force that in. It's just a again. I don't know. There's a lot of necessary things happening in this movie overall. Okay. But as they are on the beach, um, a body washes up. Mm-hmm. Uh, mid-sized Dan was hanging out with a lady earlier, mm-hmm. and her dead body washes up on the shore. Okay. And of the characters that we have on the beach, like one of the the men that is there. He's a doctor. He immediately accuses Mitzah Sedan of having killed this girl. And we're off to the races in so far as accusations and racism mm-hmm. and fears just popping up all over the place. Um, and they realize, like, well, her body's decomposing awfully fast, ain't it? But before that happens, they also realize, why are the children old? <laughs> why are the children older than what we came here with? In what increments do they age? Um, Is it... Is it consistent or is it like he aged by six years, now he aged by 20 years? It, like It is consistent, but mm-hmm. they only have like, you know, but so many actors to portray like, you know, the gotcha. ages that the kids go through. Mm-hmm. So we go from age six and we wind up at age 50 by the end oh, of the movie. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> as far as ages go. Um, yeah. So the things that happen in this movie, <laughs> just to like go over them really quickly. 
Um, someone says the line, there seems to be something happening with time on this beach. Um, you should just walk yourself right into that ocean. Yep. Um, a pregnancy happens. Yeah, that looked gross and, and disturbing. Uh-huh. And, like, this person that is pregnant is, like, mentally five. No. Yeah. No, 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 mm-hmm. no, no, no. Yep, that's the thing that happens. No, no, no. Um, I saw that in the trailer and was like, I. this makes me just so uncomfortable in a way that I can't even describe. <laughs> um, uh, a baby dies no. um, from lack of attention. Yep, that's what that's what they said. They said the baby died from lack of attention, as opposed to anything else. As opposed to like it starved to death mm-hmm. or something. Food seems to have no play on like you know the physiology of these people on this beach as well. They say some lines to like kind of just brush it off, but it still feels like no, you need to go it's into pretty, that more. Yeah. Feels like real necessary to like you know yeah. surviving for years at a time, but whatever. Um, the reason they can't leave the beach um, is. As they leave, the uh, there's like a pressure that happens in their heads. They pass out, and mm-hmm. they wind back up on the beach. Okay. Um, it is described that the beach is kind of like as if they are deep in a, a, a sea of time. Mm-hmm. And as they try to like leave the beach, it's mm-hmm. kind of like coming up from the water too quickly, and it's like getting the bends, okay. but temporarily. Okay. Um, and yeah, that's that. The thing is, the beach, these rocks on the beach, you see? Um, they're there from like millions of years ago, and like they release this magnetic wave that make you much older very quickly. What? Uh, they realize that in the distance, there's like a camera like looking at them, or cameras looking Uh-oh. at them from this cliffside. Mm-hmm. Um, and ultimately, as we go through the movie, pretty much everybody dies, um, except for the two kids. Gail I was going to say kids. the two. Okay. Oh, okay. By the time they, they the little boy and the little girl, little boy and the little girl who now middle-aged people mm-hmm. um they managed to swim out towards the coral like the the his friend from the beginning mm-hmm. of the movie when they were asking people's like jobs occupations they would write each other these coded notes and he gave him a coded note in his bag before he left for the day saying my uncle doesn't like the coral and they figure like okay we have to swim to that coral patch to get out of this situation mm-hmm. so they swim the, the uncle coral was patch. evil the uncle was indeed evil. i knew it uh, we are given like a break. We leave the beach for a second, and mm-hmm. we are now uh, go to this research facility. Um, and it turns out the resort is a front for a pharmaceutical company that is attempting to discover uh, cures for diseases. And because of the nature of this beach, you see it, ex- it uh, accelerates time. They can see the effects of a drug right. happen very quickly over right. time. Uh, and in this particular trial, uh, the therapist uh, suffered from seizures. And they gave her a seizure medication, and they said, like, relative to the amount of time that she was on the beach, she didn't have a seizure for, like, 16 years. Like, this is an effective medicine. We can now rush this out to the world. Um, little boy, little girl, who are now a middle-aged man, a middle-aged woman, uh, arrive back at the uh, resort. Uh, the man who was a police officer uh, from the beginning, uh, they're like, hey, you're a cop, right? Well, this is what happened. These are the missing people that are on this beach that have happened, like you know, over the course of like several years. As mm-hmm. they find a notebook on the beach and explain this to him, and of course, cops come and they, uh, you know, arrest the uncle, who's also a hotel manager, who's also this pharmaceutical executive, and uh, that's old by M. Night Shyamalan. I feel old <laughs> for having listened to that. I dislike it. Uh, um, is it just swimming past a certain point? Like what? Yeah, which is swimming past a certain. But the coral, for some reason, protects it from the waves of the rocks. I don't know why. 
Um, but yeah. Yeah. If I would have less of a problem with it if it they could explain things a little bit better mm-hmm. of like don't give me rocks and magnets. Don't you dare <laughs> give me rocks and magnets. That's not no. Nope. Uh like at the at its core what this movie is really about is a family experiencing growth and change Mm -hmm. like and how that can affect you know a family unit Mm -hmm. and honestly it should have just been about that Mm -hmm. it's like this movie should have been set in like space or like dealing like time dilation or something like that as opposed to like the beach rocks make you old like, yeah, it would make more sense, yeah, to shoot them into space because of the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and just them dealing with, like, aging and growing older and just, yeah. like, the difficulties that brings, like, yeah, like, that's really what the movie's about mm-hmm. and what it should have been about. But it's just all this dumbass dressing around it. It's just, like, you lost the emotional core here. Yeah. And the emotional core of this movie is good, but, like... It's like an apple where the outside is rotten, but the inside is like actually like, oh, that's quite good. Hmm. But the outside is just terrible. <laughs> Woof. Well, Uh-oh. I'm glad I didn't have to watch it. Yeah. Then now you don't either, listener. Uh- <laughs> the Jason Simmons special. It's one of my faves. Like, yeah. It's- For both horror movies and now <laughs> weird reality shows <laughs> about F boys and good boys. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, I watched a lot of uh, beach-based uh, television. You did. I got one more coming up. Oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> uh, but go ahead. What else have you seen? I also have a beach-based thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't finish it. Uh, I started watching Luca. Oh, okay. Oh, the, the Pixar movie. Yeah. Man, they just cranked them out over there. Yeah, it shows with this one. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't finish it because I found it boring. Oh no! I know. Who are the well? Who are the voices, and what is the premise? One of the voices, our guy Jacob Tremblay. Oh no! <laughs> Bringing that big Tremblay yeah, energy. energy. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it would be an Italian kid, um, <laughs> <laughs> but he does a perfectly fine job. Okay. Um. And is it set in Italy or is it set? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So it's Jacob Tremblay. Maya Rudolph voices his mom. She's in a lot of animated stuff. Yep. Um, Jim Gaffigan is a voice. Uh, Jack Dylan Grazer, who's one of the kids from It. Uh, oh, okay. Um, and uh, this girl, Emma Berman, plays the little mm-hmm. girl in the movie. And Luca, who is Jacob Tremblay... Um, he is a little sea monster, sea creature, and uh, in Italy, in the waters of Italy. Um, and he discovers one day uh, that because there's this other boy who's also a sea monster who then goes up to the shore, up to the beach, and uh, he's like, yo, we're not supposed to go up on this beach. But when he goes up there, he turns into a human. Huh. So he's like, oh, man, this is so exciting. I've lived this little life in this little inlet or whatever underwater. My parents have always warned me not to go up. But now I've gone up, and it's fine. And I made this new friend. Yay. This kid got the Little Mermaid special without even having to lose his voice. Yes, he did. (laughs) He found a fork and shit. Um, And so 
he makes this friend uh, who's, I don't know, Antonio or something. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and so he has this Vespa, or he has a poster of one, and they the boys become obsessed. They're both, like, the equivalent of, like, 12-year-olds or something. Okay. Or maybe Luca's 10 and this kid's 12. Um, and so they get obsessed with Vespas, and they keep trying to build one. And then one day, Luca kind of runs away, and he goes into town with Antonio or whoever. Um, and they see a Vespa, and they're like, ooh, we can enter this contest because they meet this little girl, um, and we're, we can win a Vespa. They're going to, okay, they can win a Vespa. They're like, did they yeah. steal the Vespa? No. <laughs> they're going to win it in something. Here's a question. <sighs> yeah. Uh, and that's all I've gotten so far. <laughs> So Luca changes from the fish creature to mm-hmm. a boy. Mm-hmm. At night, does he go back to the sea, or does he just like hang out on land somewhere? He's been hanging out on land. Sometimes, okay. At first, he's going back, but then his mom was like, "Yo, he f- she found out what was going on, and she was like, uh uh-uh, uh, you are going down to the depths with mm-hmm. your uncle uh, because I can't have you going up on land.' Ooh. And so Luca was like, "I'm not doing that," and so he runs away to the land. Huh. Okay. So what you uh, you are how far into the movie would you say you are like about forty minutes? Yeah, at least. Oh God, it better be at least forty five minutes. <laughs> oh God. What is making it a struggle for you to get through this? Um, you know I love water, so I should be all about this. You do love water movies, but maybe it's because he's trying to escape it, and I love it so much. Why would you try to do that? Um, Respect your home and where you're from. <laughs> From a good place. I guess it's just like what it like most most Pixar movies like the stakes are so much higher. Like the most mm. recent ones, you know, Coco. Like he's go like literally traversing death. Traversing, yeah. <laughs> and same with um, uh, Soul. Yes, and like they're very big ideas and. Uh, they're very thoughtful and thought-provoking, and the way they show them is great um, and very creative. Whereas this one, I'm just like, oh, you just you just don't like being in a small little world, and now you want a Vespa. Like these are the this, <laughs> these are the stakes that we're talking about now. Um, it may, maybe it's the same way. I didn't. I think I'm the only person who didn't like Inside Out. Hmm. I and because. <laughs> Because that does the thing you were saying of like taking this big concept and like mm-hmm. making it this relatable thing. Yes, but the stakes are this girl had to move. Mm. Boo hoo. <laughs> you had to move. That is not like, what? <laughs> and I was so annoyed that she's like running away from home because she had to move. <laughs> and so I, I just don't find it. It looks beautiful. All everyone's doing a good job. I just don't feel as inspired by it. It's just kind of like I don't know. Pixar usually does such an amazing job. Mm-hmm. They have big movies, and this one feels like a smaller thing. Like it feels like this what? It's like a side project. <laughs> and I'm just like, guys. It does feel like they have like not an A team and a B team because these things take. Do. Oh, okay. or it feels like they do. Okay, because like I, you know what? I guess that's probably true at this point. Like, there's mm-hmm. so many people. There's so much money behind it. Yeah. It makes so much money, and it takes so long. Yeah, like you have to like split things up with the, the workforce because it, otherwise, I, I would see it to be almost impossible. If your whole team is working on something like Soul, and then you pivot immediately to work on something like Luca, it's like yeah. you have to have 
almost two studios inside of one studio. Yeah. It like makes something like that happen within less than twelve months. Yeah. And it, the girl character is very cute and fun, and um, her father is a fisherman, and that is Luca's greatest fear because uh, people are afraid. It, in the town, people are generally like, ooh, I see sea monsters, and like if we see them, we got to kill them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it took him a really long, what felt like a very long time to introduce this third main character. And like these higher stakes and like what we're actually trying to get toward, which is this race, like usually get into it within the first 15, 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. It took a while to get to it. I've heard someone say, compare this movie to like uh, Itumama Tambien. Oh, I never saw it. Like of just, hey, these are two <laughs> boys, like, you know, just like kind of living their lives. And this girl comes and complicates things. Mm. But I don't think that's going to happen here. <laughs> She's going to open up their world a bit because mm-hmm. she's yeah, that actually that kind of happens in E2 opens up their world a lot <laughs> she <laughs> is their so only just... human friend <laughs> um and I just it took I don't know it just wasn't that interesting okay I'll try to finish it <laughs> you'll slog through it I will I'll climb this mountain um so yeah I was a little disappointed okay and they haven't also I feel like they weren't um uh, advertising it as much as they do some it of their other movies. It was pushed as heavily. I feel like they knew they were just kind of farting out this side movie. <laughs> and we're like, all right, we'll put it out there for the kids. But like, it fell up the cracks a little bit. Yeah. Um, okay. I'll, I'll, I should check it out at some point. It's no old, but, you know, it's just not, <laughs> not great. Not fun. Okay. Uh, other beach-related things that are not as <laughs> engaging as you'd like them to be, uh, the White Lotus on HBO Max. Oh yes, I've heard mixed reviews. Yeah, do it, tell. it is a comedy, quote unquote, murder mystery. Mm. Like, um, yeah, it stars uh, Connie Britton, Jennifer Coolidge, Steve Zahn, uh, Alexandra Daddario, um, Jake Lacey. Um, he was uh, on The Office as Ellie Kemper's uh, love interest. Uh, he's like younger Jim is how I define it. Yes, yes, yes. I know exactly what you're talking about. Okay. Um, yeah, he. Yeah. Regardless, um, it's not that engaging. <laughs> it started. It's it's set up as a murder mystery um, in the sense that we're seeing some of the characters that we'll meet later on. This is them after their vacation at this resort called the White Lotus, mm-hmm. and we just know that one character is dead. Okay. And then we kind of flashback to the beginning of all of their stays at okay. this hotel. And at first you think, like, ooh, this is going to be some kind of creepy, yeah. uh, the Christie, Point yeah. Rose type of thing going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not. It's kind of just people being shitty to each other. Oh, no. Like, That's what I was afraid of a little bit. There are too many, like, snarky characters. Yeah. And fine. it just feels like, what? Is your personality just mean? Like. Oh, no. <laughs> And there's, like, a couple characters that you glom onto which are, like, oh, like, um, this son that's kind of being dragged along with, like, the rest of his family on this, like, family vacation. But, like, he's, like, just addicted to screens and, like, you know, video games and all that stuff. But he kind of, like, discovers, like, oh, yeah, I guess nature's kind of cool. Like, he's kind of forced into it by his family being mean to him. It's, like... Oh, no. It's, like, his sister and her friend, like, force him out of, like, you know, uh, the room that he has to sleep in. What? And he's, like, I'm going to just sleep on the beach. And he discovers, like, yeah, sunsets sunsets are beautiful. like, horrible. I think I want to learn how to canoe. <laughs> like he's his kind of like a friction with the family, like leads to like him his world. Self discovery there. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
Yeah, but Jake Lacey is... He's not horrible. His mm-hmm. character's horrible. Gotcha. Uh, Alexander Daddario's character is, like, annoying. Connie mm-hmm. Britton is, like, mean and annoying for no mm-hmm. reason. Jennifer Coolidge is all kinds of messed up. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a masseuse. Um, I forget the, the woman's name. She's on Insecure um, as one of uh, Issa Rae's friends, the funniest of her friends. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't get any opportunity to shine here Aww. at all. It's like you That's are... Hilarious and quick and fantastic, and it's, you just feel dulled here. No, <laughs> and like, I just want more from her and more with her with mm-hmm. that character. Um, it's a very pretty show because it's shot on location in Hawaii. You oh, know, nice. Um, you know, uh, it's but it's it feels like it's going nowhere. It feels like ultimately what you will learn at the end of this show mm. was not satisfying at all, and it builds itself as a comedy. But I'm not. Laughing at all. Oh, I Even thought as a, it was more mystery than comedy. It's like a dark comedy slash mystery. I mean, you have like a lot of comedic people there. Mm-hmm. You, like, Molly Shannon shows up. Oh yeah. Um, you know, you have like a lot of funny people in this, and people that do comedy, mm-hmm. and it's just like this isn't very comedically geared. Yeah. Um, so it it does fall flat for me. Okay. Um, yeah. White Lotus on HBO Max. How many episodes? Um, overall, I think it will have eight. Okay. Right now, it's on episode six. Okay. Yeah. Um, I watched a thing that was also not great. Mm-hmm. Um, The Losers. Oh, The Losers, starring Idris Elba and uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan and Zoe Saldana. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's from 2010. Mm-hmm. There's also Chris Evans, pre-Captain yeah, America, pre-Captain and America. his look is strong in this. <laughs> Very, uh... The, yeah. <laughs> the sunglass choices are suspect. Mm. Um, it just... Uh, it has the thinnest plot. And I know it's an action movie, but, like, there's not even that much action. Like, uh, It's real. So it's not even satisfying that, really. Mm-hmm. Um... It's about, as they are always about, an elite special forces unit. <laughs> it's always an elite special forces unit. Um, <clears throat> and uh, they are set up by their handler. I forgot who plays their handler. I don't even remember. <laughs> it's a person, like a, a person of Some note. Some guy, yeah. Um, and so they were supposed to be killed, but they weren't. Instead, they blow up a helicopter full of children. <sighs> and uh, they're approached by Zoe Saldana, who also wants revenge on this guy, Max, who nobody knows who he is. Um, and, like, I don't even, I couldn't even remember the plot of it, aside from they want to get revenge on this guy. Mm-hmm. But they do have these things these sonic nukes called snooks. That's a terrible thing to call something, but okay. I died laughing when they said snooks. Oh my god, it's from 2010? Yeah. I absolutely thought this was like 2006 or 7. Wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, You did Captain America like the year after this. He probably found out he was Captain America and or had started, like, working out for it during this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he got a stylist. <laughs> um, it's just so not good. 
the plot is thin. The acting is okay. <sighs> like it's Jeffrey Dean Morgan and Zoe Saldana sleep together twice. I'm just like, why are we doing this? It's like they're sleeping together, but they're fighting, and it's a fire happening at the same yes. time. <sighs> um. Also, she'll be like almost naked, and he'll still be fully clothed. And I'm just like, Jeffrey, <laughs> can you like take your shirt off? Like, what the hell? <laughs> Did you not work out enough? So now you're self-conscious, but freaking Zoe has to be half naked? The fuck? But instead, he'll have a shirt on, but have it buttoned so that only the bottom, like, two buttons are buttoned? <laughs> I'm like, Jeffrey, come on. And it's like a long sleeve shirt, too. Yes. I think he's wearing a suit jacket. And he is so Yeah, clothed. it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's so dumb. Also, like, they're running this, like, second part of their mission. And, like, everyone's just kind of dressed in, like, jeans and t-shirt. And he's wearing a suit. Like, suit slacks, the shirt, and the suit jacket. I'm just like, Chris Evans has, like, 14 different costume changes into dumb (laughs) t-shirts. Jeffrey just always wearing a suit because he's the boss. (laughs) He has to show his power somehow. Ridiculous. (laughs) Um... And they definitely want wanted to like make this a franchise, and they wanted to have a sequel. Oh, for sure. Uh, and that's hilarious because it was terrible. Like, this was definitely made in the wake of like the A Team, which was like a couple years before. It this. has strong A Team vibes, Absolutely. but it was not nearly as fun and entertaining. Because I think I might be the only person who really enjoyed that A Team movie. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen it several times, and you know, I have obviously, as evidenced by this podcast. I have a terrible memory. I can remember parts of that AT movie. <laughs> Rampage Jackson sliding out the side of a building. Like, Charlotte Copley. It was a pretty good Murdoch. He was a good Murdoch it was in that fun. movie. Like, The Losers is such an interesting thing because. It was fun. Like, you, you can. It, it is a comic book movie, it's based on a DC comic. Oh boy. Um, and the thing is, like, this was a, an, an awkward time mm. in the sense of, like, okay, we have, like, all this property that isn't superhero stuff. Like, maybe we should do some stuff with it. And they took a foray and, like, did this. And I don't know how successful this was. I don't think it bombed, but mm. didn't do good as well as they wanted to. And it did not make enough money to warrant a sequel. They, the chemistry is not really there. One character, they shoot him in both his legs for seemingly no reason. Like, why did you have to do this to this character? This is dumb. <laughs> I just remember there was, like, a big fight at a shipping container yep. dock. Yep. It's That's like, where he gets shot in both his legs. Does anyone else get hurt? <laughs> Not really. Why you gotta do this? Like it was it was at a time where a lot of these like mercenaries done wrong. Like I mean they movies. still love those movies. Like, they love those movies. I'm sure they're fun to make. If you're an actor on there, you get to run around and work out and explosions learn and weird skills and yeah, mm-hmm. kick ass. Like, they are not good. <laughs> and at least, usually the action is better. The action in this isn't even good. Like, yeah, this was an, a, a weird time for only like three or four years in like the early 2000s. Like, the late aughts into the early like mm-hmm. 2010s, where you just had this movie every summer. Mm-hmm. And this was 2010s. Uh, version of this movie. Not good. And then, like, the next year, you'd have something else that, like, was just super mediocre. hmm Like, yeah, I don't have any strong feelings against this movie. I know I've seen it, like, maybe once or twice. So, no, probably, like, two or three times. It was, like, on. I'm like, okay, oh, I'll watch this. But, yeah, it's absolutely disposable, absolutely forgettable. 
Disposable is the perfect way to describe it. <laughs> it is the Kodak camera of movies. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Uh, the only other thing I watched was a documentary series on uh, Netflix mm. called This Is Pop. Um, very enjoyable series. Um, I liked it a Never whole even heard of it. bunch. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a, each episode is about 30 minutes. It's on Netflix. Um, and they focus on like a different person or like genre of music. But the first episode is like all about boys to men. And it's yeah. like, oh, we're going to do like a 30 minute, like in depth, like, you know, uh, documentary on boys to men, like the rise, like, and kind of just like plateauing of mm. them. Um, and just describing like, you know, their history, where they came from. Um, and just like what happened, like because they were everywhere, and like yeah. they were you know super popular, and like I you had know, their CD, had tons of number one hits, yeah. and then they're like, yeah, then white boy bands came along, yeah, <laughs> and they ruined it. Like they kind of did what we did, and like we weren't so unique anymore, <laughs> and they didn't have to worry about crossover appeal, like they were already there, mm. like they didn't have to like play to a white audience, they already had white audiences, gotcha. So it's like we kind of just became a little more not as relevant yeah but they were saying things like oh yeah we immediately then were able to transition to like oldies like mm. faster than most people were able to because like we always kind of had this older sensibility about us yeah i was gonna say how literally how old were they because i feel like the boy bands that came out at the time mm-hmm. they were very er, most of the members would be young and then be there'd be one like 40 year old one <laughs> <laughs> kevin i'm looking at you uh, from the Backstreet Boys, um, or Joy Fatone from NSYNC. Yes, like how old were? Because I was a kid when they were big, so I have trouble gauging what their ages were at the time. Oh, how old yeah. were the they guys were and kids. boys to men? They were like eighteen, nineteen. Okay, like when they first debuted. Gotcha. Um, and yeah, like they were just like we are singers. Like we're not really dancers or anything like that. Like mm-hmm. we are like our whole thing is like four part harmony. And then, like, one of our guys left, and then we had to figure out three-part harmony, gotcha. which is, like, well, that was hard. I just remember when I was little being, like, oh, those are men. <laughs> like, boy bands, yes, but, like, in my head, they were men. They always had that kind of sensibility about them, like, the way they dressed and, yeah, like, how they yeah. carried themselves and the kind of songs that they did, yeah. like, these big ballads and whatnot. It just felt like, oh, this is what adults listen to. Um, this, is, this is, like, the definition of, like, adult contemporary. Yeah. Um, but then, like, the next episode, they pivot, and, like, we're going to talk about T-Pain and Auto-Tune. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, what? Like, please tell me about yeah. it. And they go, like, big into, like, oh, yeah, like, so, like, the first, like, you know, popular usage of Auto-Tune was probably, like, you know, shares believe. Uh, do you believe oh, what happened for love? Oh, that's right. And, like, just, like, going into, like, okay, so then, like, you know, for years, people, like, were, like, we're wondering, like, well, what is this thing exactly? Yeah. And just talking about like the rise and fall of T Pain, and let's say it's like, I'm going to listen, I'm going to follow my own goddamn beat and do my own thing. And I don't care if people say, like, this is a gimmick, it's only going to last one thing. Like, time will show that that's not the case. We talked about like, you know, people saying that, like, you know, he ruined music. Oh, that's <laughs> harsh. He talked about being on a plane with Usher, and like, Usher just like, you know, he was like, Usher's my friend. And he said, I ruined music for singers. Usher? <laughs> Usher Raymond, how dare you? And he's like, that put me in like a four-year depression. <laughs> like, oh, just like thinking no. about like, you know, did I mess this up? And he talks about like, you know, his famous uh, Tiny Desk concert um, uh, on NPR. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, where it's like one of the first times people really heard him sing without the aid of like autotune. Mm. And he was like, you know, people would think that I was happy after that. Like, I wasn't. I was mad. They're like, what do you mean you don't think I could sing? Like, now you think I could sing? Like, that when I'm not using the autotune? Like, you don't get that far by just like, you know, with a, with a plug-in yeah. on like, you know, an audio mixer. He's yeah. like, 
no, like, of course I can sing. He's like, if you look at me through the whole performance, like, I'm super nervous. Like, you know, Aww. like, I'm very fidgeting. I'm fidgeting. Like, you know, I feel, like, unconfident. Like, because, you know, you see this little cubicle, but, like, behind that, there are, like, 400 other desks. Oh, yeah. But he's just like, you know, it just felt, like, weird and awkward. But, like, the world figured out, like, oh, T-Pain can really sing. He's like, mm. yeah, of course, assholes. <laughs> But you get the but through the interview you feel like he's like a very down to earth dude, a very relatable guy, yeah, and just like very smart. Like he just understands like you know his business and Mm. his role in it and what he's doing in it. And just very cute to see like him and his wife interact with each other. And just he's like, you got married before you were famous. That's so cool. (laughs) And just yeah, it was it was really it was to me my favorite episode. Mm. And then moving to topics like Britpop, and we're going to talk about, you know, festivals, like, Mm. what's Coachella? What's Bonnaroo? You know, how Mm. do these things start? Um, We're going to get into, like, country music and, like, how that changed massively in the early 90s. Mm -hmm. And it's, like, really good, short documentaries on various styles of music and various movements in music. So I'm looking forward to, like, season two. One episode that's very interesting is just um, they talk about, like, why are all of, like, the most popular pop songs from the 90s to today written by Swedish people and they just go into that they are like any the biggest boy band songs of the late 90s or the biggest like you know Britney Spears songs of the time mm. like all written by like 20 Swedish dudes of like that all worked like the same like record producing studio and it's just like why do those songs sound the same like you want it that way what do you want that way they never say. <laughs> like, Tell yeah. me why. Like, yeah, we use a pretty simple English words and phrases because, like, it's ca- it's catchy. Like, you could easily understand it. Anyone can sing it if you have a grasp of English to some degree. Like, I'm just running through the lyrics. Of that song. <laughs> like, hit me, baby, one more time. It's like that sentence doesn't make sense. No, if you listen to it. Like, it's, it's always be... bothered me. <laughs> It's supposed to be hit me up, baby, one more time. But, like, musically, it didn't work. And just, oh. like, yeah, this phrase is fine. <laughs> like, it was very interesting Jason, to see. Jason, I have wondered that for, like, 20 years now. <laughs> and you'll find out the reason. I never, I pop. literally never knew. And was like, is this appropriate? <laughs> I, yeah. Yeah, it's worth I never want to hear you say I want it that way. What does that mean? <laughs> Nothing. Wow. That's fascinating. What is yeah. it called again? This is Pop, and it's on Netflix. Um, I believe really good. eight episodes. Okay. Yeah. Like, you'll ambivalate from, like, being super invested to, like, oh, I'll just, like, do some dishes while this one's on. Yeah. So, like, I'm invested again. What's, what's this one about? Like, mm. it's it's up and down, but all good overall. Nice. Um, I have two more things. Okay. Real quick. Um, I watched Odd Thomas. Oh, yeah. I, yes, directed by Stephen Summer. Sure. <laughs> and featuring uh, Anton Yelchin. Yeah. Um, and Willem Dafoe, which oh, yeah. I'm just like, Willem, did you just stumble into this record, like <laughs> them making this, and then you just stayed and put on a police uniform? I just want to say that you've been watching a lot of Stephen Summer's movies lately. <laughs> <laughs> you watched G.I. Joe The Rise of Cobra. Oh, no. <laughs> you've gotten into Odd Thomas. You're going to go back to the whole mummy catalog and just it'll be I okay. Watching the puppy. <laughs> then I was like, no, no, no. The summer of summers for you. Oh, wow. Okay, well. Uh-huh. Um, Anton Yelchin, Willem Dafoe, Addison Timlin, who plays Anton Yelchin's girlfriend, mm-hmm. and uh, friend of the show, Gugu Mbatha-Raw. Gugu Mbatha-Raw. Um, who, like, 
She has not aged since that movie. She really has. This was like, what, eight years ago? Eight, I don't years know. Ago? But <laughs> she looks literally exactly the same. Forever 25. Um, that's what working in the TVA does. <laughs> that's true. She has power over time. Yeah. Um, I liked this movie because usually, so, uh, Anton Yelchin's character, whose name I can't remember anymore. I think it's, he's Thomas. Oh, it's Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> I just watched this a couple weeks ago. Um, he, uh, he can see ghosts. And he lives in this very small town. He lives a very simple life as a line cook at this diner. Um, he has a girlfriend who they're, like, destined to be together. And they love each other very much, which was annoying. Like, I found their relationship <laughs> annoying after a while. Like, it's too much. I was like, pull it back. Um, but I like that um, everyone in his direct sphere, with the exception of Gugu, like, they know that he can do this, they accept it, and mm-hmm. they, like, support him. Mm-hmm. Whereas usually these movies, half the time it's them trying to convince the other people that they have this ability. Mm. Or he's seen, like, as an outcast, yeah. usually by, like, Whereas, his circle of people. Yeah, this, like, he works with Willem Dafoe, who's the head of the police department, to, like, give him tips, and Willem Dafoe is like, okay, if there's any questions about how you knew this about this guy, tell him this. Mm. Um, so they're all working together, which is so nice because I usually find that stuff stressful. So I'm glad we all are on the same <laughs> page. Um, and so uh, he sees this guy and knows that something's going to happen because there are these evil little monster creatures uh, that he can see that uh, only pop up when something really violent and terrible is going to happen. Mm. Um, and so it's him kind of figuring out. It's kind of a mystery to be honest, like it ends up being a mystery film of like him trying to figure out what this crime is going to be before it happens, um, and it was fine. Like I remember it coming out on like this came to like every streaming platform like immediately. Like mm-hmm. it was on Amazon Prime, it was like on uh, Netflix like simultaneously. Like it was in a time where the rights weren't so exclusive, everything was like a little bit muddier. But I feel like it came directly to streaming, mm. um, and I believe it came out like a little bit after Anton Yelchin's death. Oh, like, really? I, I forget exactly. Like, mm. I I just know it never hit theaters, but I remember just oh. seeing it and just being like, this is really enjoyable. It was cute. Like, it felt like, um, if anything, it felt like a, a grown-up Goosebumps book almost. I could totally see that. That's an excellent way to put it. Like, it definitely had that kind of vibe to it, where it was like, yeah, this feels like a grown-up, like, you know mystery involving ghosts and like monsters but it's not like violent or overly scary or anything like that it's not is it violent maybe a little bit violent Mm -hmm. but not crazy i could still watch it yeah he died in 2016 this came out in 2013 oh okay so a couple years before he passed away um but um yeah it was fun it um I never saw these movies but i feel like it came out maybe around the similar time of um it's a movie with Jesse Eisenberg, and he works at, like, a carnival-type thing. Oh, Adventureland? Yeah, like, those types of movies. Mm-hmm. Like, that same kind of uh, light, horror-light-slash-comedy kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, mm-hmm. if you're looking for kind of a horror-ish movie without it being too intense, it's good. For sure. Yeah, it definitely it's has sweet. that energy to it. It's very earnest. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And good actors overall. Yeah. I was fun... <laughs> Willem Dafoe's character just keeps trying to get laid and he keeps on getting interrupted because of these ghosts. (laughs) He's just very put upon and it's funny. 
Seeing Willem Dafoe try to try to Willem Dafoe try to play a normal person is some of the best acting in the it world. It was literally <laughs> the most normal character he's ever played. Like it's that in Florida Project where he's just a man trying to figure things out. In a- this one, he's just a stressed out cop. <laughs> it's like Willem, you should be up for an award. <laughs> Way to not bring in that Green Goblin energy. Where he, he has it all the time. It's They just let him run. They didn't give him a script inspired, man. <laughs> um, the last thing I watched was, uh, it came out yesterday. Uh, it's Taika YTT, and I forgot the other guy's name. I apologize. Um, he co-created it. Uh, Reservoir Dog? No, Reservation Dog. Reservation Dogs, Dogs yeah. On uh, FX. Hmm. It was good. They released the first two episodes. Um, and it was funny and earnest and sweet and heartbreaking. Um, the kids are in it are really great. I forgot to look up everything. I will talk about it more on the next episode. But um, I don't know how many episodes it's going to be in total. Um, FX usually does 10 per season. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Um, but it was great so far. Like, I started watching the first episode, then I had to leave. Mm. Um, but it looks fun. Like, it, it looks like traditional Taika Waititi like yes. flavor of just like cute chaos like, yes. of uh, of kids getting into like crazy situations but they are lovable and fantastic the entire time and it's in a heavier setting that is true um, but much like kids like you're taken out of it because they're doing they're being fun and stuff mm-hmm. but on the backdrop of like Oh, it's because they're trying to get out of here because, like, it is a really difficult place to be in. And it can true. be very sad. Um, so it's got that good mix that he always brings to whatever he works on mm. of um, very thoughtful um, while also being funny. He's good at managing, like, the heaviness of a situation yes. and bringing humor to that yes. situation. And so. the kids are really great and really funny, and I like them a lot. And it feels very... It doesn't feel like you're watching them act. It feels like you're watching these kids be kids. Mm-hmm. Um, it's great. I love that this is premiering like in the middle of August somewhere. Um, I, 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 I push for a world where seasons don't matter as much. This is something mm. that normally you think you would see, you know, the end of September, October. That's when, like, you know, quote unquote, the fall season start or the TV season starts. Mm. And it's like, no, this is happening like, you know, the middle of August because why not? Like, yeah, why not? <laughs> like, yeah. I, I aim for a world with that doesn't matter as much i wonder if it's because what we do in the shadows is coming back too so it's just two taika ytt joint projects potentially i mean you know maybe don't have them go up against each other but also yeah but also if you're a fan of one maybe you'll check out the other Mm -hmm. yeah potentially yeah yeah great i recommend it no that's great i hope to 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 continue watching it like yeah I, I, should, I should go home and watch that. Is what I should do. Really fun. <laughs> um, yeah, and that's all, that's all I have. That's, that's all, you all have. I got. Thanks for listening. Um, please check out the Instagram mm-hmm. uh, at ONR Podcast. Uh, put stuff up there with every episode. We're trying to do that. And keep on listening. Thank you. Bye. Bye.